Part One of Book Ten of Laws by Plato, translated by Benjamin Joet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jeffrey Edwards. Part One of Book Ten. And now, having spoken of assaults, let us sum up all acts of violence under a single law which shall be as follows. No one shall take or carry away any of his neighbor's goods, neither shall he use anything which is his neighbor's without the consent of the owner, for these are the offences which are, and have been, and will ever be, the source of all the aforesaid evils. The greatest of them are excesses and insolences of youth and are offences against the greatest when they are done against religion and especially great when in violation of public and holy rites or of those in which tribes and fratries partake and in the second degree great when they are committed against private rites and sepulchres and in the third degree not to repeat the acts formerly mentioned when insults are offered to parents the fourth kind of violence is when any one regardless of the authority of the rulers takes or carries away or makes use of anything which belongs to them not having their consent and the fifth kind is when the violation of the civil rights of individual citizens invites retaliation there should be a common law embracing all these cases for we have already said in general terms what shall be the punishment of sacrilege whether fraudulent or violent and now we have to determine what is to be the punishment of those who speak or act insolently toward the gods but first we must give them an admonition which may be in the following terms no one ever intentionally did any unholy act or uttered any unlawful word retaining a belief in the existence of the gods but he must have supposed one of three things either that they did not exist that is the first possibility or secondly that if they did they took no care of man or thirdly that they were easily appeased by sacrifices or turned from their course by prayers cleinias what shall we say or do to these persons athenian stranger my good friends let us first hear the jests which i suspect that they in their superiority will utter against us cleinias what jests athenian stranger they will make some provoking speech of this sort o oh, inhabitants of athens and sparta and Knossus, they will reply in that you speak truly for some of us deny the very existence of the gods while others as you say are of opinion that they do not care about us and others that they are turned from their course by gifts now we have a right to claim as you yourself allowed in the matter of the laws that before you are hard upon us and threaten us you should argue with us and convince us you should first attempt to teach and convince us that there are gods. Let that be shown to us by reasonable evidences. 
and also that they are too good to be unrighteous or to be propitiated or turned from their course by gifts for when we hear these and like things said of them by those who are esteemed to be the best of poets and orators and prophets and priests and innumerable others the thoughts of most of us are not set upon abstaining from unrighteous acts but upon doing them and making atonement for them when lawgivers profess that they are gentle and not stern we think that they should first of all use persuasion to us and show us the existence of gods if not in a better manner than other men at any rate in a truer and who knows but that we shall hearken to them if then our request is a fair one please to accept our challenge cleinias but is there any difficulty in proving the existence of the gods athenian stranger how would you prove their existence cleinias how in the first place the earth and the sun and the stars and the universe and the fair order of the seasons and the division of them into years and months furnish proofs of their existence and also there is the fact that all hellenes and barbarians believe in them athenian stranger i am afraid my sweet friend though i will not say i am ashamed of the contempt with which the profane will be likely to assail us for you do not understand the nature of their complaint and fancy that their minds rush into impiety only from a love of sensual pleasure cleinias why stranger what other reason is there athenian stranger one which you who live in another part of the world would never guess cleinias what is that athenian stranger a very grievous sort of ignorance which is imagined to be the greatest wisdom cleinias what do you mean athenian stranger at athens there are tales preserved in writing which the virtue of your state as i am informed refuses to admit they speak of the gods in prose as well as verse and the oldest of them tell of the origin of the heavens and the world and as they proceed not far from the beginning they narrate the birth of the gods and how after they were born they behaved to one another whether these stories have a good or a bad influence i should not like to be severe upon them because they are ancient but i must say that looking at them with reference to the duties of children to their parents i cannot praise them or think that they are useful or at all true of the words of the ancients i have nothing more to say and i should wish to say of them only what is pleasing to the god but as to our younger generation and their wisdom i cannot let them off when they do mischief for do but mark the effect of their words when you and i argue that there are gods and produce the sun moon and stars as gods or divine beings if we would listen to the aforesaid philosophers we should say that they are earth and stones only which can have no care at all of human affairs and 
that all this is a cooking up of words and a make-believe cleinias one such teacher o stranger would be bad enough and you imply that there are many of them which is worse athenian stranger well then what shall we say or do shall we assume that some one is accusing us among unholy men and that they and not we are the real defendants in the matter of legislation they will say of us how dreadful that we should legislate on the supposition that there are gods and shall we make a defence or shall we leave them and return to our laws lest the preamble should become longer than the law for the discourse will certainly extend to great length if we are to treat the impiously disposed as they desire partly arguing with them as they demand partly frightening them or inspiring aversion in them and then proceed to the requisite enactments cleinias yes stranger but then how often have we repeated already that there is no reason why brevity should be preferred to length for there is nobody to hurry us and it would be paltry and ridiculous to prefer the shorter to the better it is a matter of no small consequence that our reasons in proof of the assertion that there are gods and that they are good and regard justice more than men should carry some sort of conviction with them this would be the best and noblest preamble of all our laws and therefore without impatience and without hurry let us summon as far as possible all the power of persuasion which we possess and unreservedly consider the whole matter athenian stranger when i see you thus earnest i feel impelled to offer up a prayer and can no longer refrain tell me i say who can preserve calmness having to speak of the existence of the gods for he must hate and abhor the men who are and have been the cause of these words of ours i speak of those who will not believe the words which they have heard as babes and sucklings from their mothers and nurses who used them as charms both in jest and earnest whom also they have heard and seen offering up sacrifices and prayers sights and sounds delightful to children of their parents sacrificing in the most earnest manner on behalf of them and of themselves and with eager interest talking to the gods and beseeching them as though they were firmly convinced of their existence moreover they see and hear the genuflections and prostrations which are made by hellenes and barbarians to the rising and setting sun and moon in all the various turns of good and evil fortune not as if they thought that there were no gods but as if there could be no doubt of their existence and no suspicion of their non-existence when men knowing all these things despise them on no real grounds as would be admitted by all who have any particle of intelligence and when they force us to say what we are now saying how can any one in gentle terms remonstrate with the like of them when 
he has to begin by proving to them the very existence of the gods yet the attempt must be made for it would be unseemly that one half of mankind should go mad with lust and the other half in righteous indignation at them our address to these lost and perverted natures should not be spoken in passion let us suppose ourselves to select some one of them and gently reason with him smothering our anger o oh, my son we say to him you are young and the advance of time will make you reverse many of the opinions which you now hold wait therefore until the time comes and do not attempt to judge of high matters at present and that is the highest of which you think nothing to know the gods rightly and to live accordingly and in the first place let me indicate to you one point which is of great importance and of the truth of which i am quite certain you and your friends are not the first who have held this opinion about the gods there have always been persons more or less numerous who have had the same disorder i have known many of them and can tell you this that no one who had taken up in youth this opinion that the gods do not exist ever continued in the same until he was old the two other notions certainly do continue in some cases but not in many the notion i mean that the gods exist but take no heed of human things and also the notion that they do take heed of them but are easily propitiated with sacrifices and prayers what may be the true doctrine if you are patient and take my advice you will hereafter discover by the help of the legislator and of others in the meantime take heed lest you offend about the gods for the duty of the legislator now and always will be to teach you the truth of these matters cleinias your address stranger thus far is excellent athenian stranger most true megalos and cleinias but i am afraid that we have unconsciously lighted on a strange doctrine cleinias what doctrine do you mean athenian stranger the wisest of all doctrines in the opinion of many cleinias i wish that you would speak plainer athenian stranger the doctrine that all things which are or have been or will be exist some by nature some by art and some by chance cleinias is not that true athenian stranger well philosophers are probably right at any rate we may as well follow in their track and examine what is the meaning of them and their disciples cleinias by all means athenian stranger they say that the greatest and fairest things are done by nature and chance and the lesser by art which receives from nature all the greater and prime evil creations and fashions them in detail and these lesser works are generally termed artificial cleinias what do you and they mean athenian stranger you will understand their meaning better 
if I take the elements as an example. They mean to say that fire and water and earth and air all exist by nature and chance, and not by art, and that, as to the bodies which come next in order, earth and sun and moon and stars, they are created by the help of these absolutely inanimate existences, and that they are severally moved by chance and some inherent influence according to certain affinities of hot with cold, or of dry with moist, or of soft with hard, and other chance admixtures of opposites which have united of necessity, and that on this manner the whole heaven has been created, and all that is in the heaven, including animals and all plants, and that all the seasons come from these elements, not by the action of mind, as they say, or of any god, or from art, but, as I was saying, by nature and chance only, and that art sprang up after these and out of them, mortal and of mortal birth, and produced in play certain images and very partial imitations of the truth, having an affinity to one another, such as music and painting create, and their companion arts. And there are other arts which have a serious purpose, and these cooperate with nature, such, for example, as medicine and husbandry and gymnastic, and they say that politics cooperate with nature, but in a less degree, and have more of art, also that legislation is entirely a work of art, and is based on assumptions which are not true. Cleinias, how do you mean? Athenian stranger, in the first place, my dear friend, they would say that the gods exist neither by nature or by art, but only by the laws of states, which are different in different places, according to the agreement of those who make them, and that the honourable is one thing by nature, and another thing by law, and that the principles of justice have no existence at all in nature, but that mankind are always disputing about them, and altering them, and that the alterations which are made by art and by law have no basis in nature, but are of authority for the moment and at the time at which they are made. These, my friends, are the sayings of wise men, poets, and prose writers, which find a way into the minds of young men. They are told by them that the highest right is might, and in this way the young fall into impieties, under the idea that the gods are not such as the law bids them imagine them, and hence arise contentions, the philosophers inviting them to lead a true life according to nature, which is to live in real dominion over others, and not in legal subjection to them. Cleinias, what a dreadful picture, stranger, have you given of young men, and how great is the injury which they inflict on states and families. Athenian stranger. True, Cleinias, but then what should the lawgiver do when this evil is of long standing? Should he only rise up in the state and threaten all mankind, declaring 
that if they will not say and think that the gods are such as the law ordains and this may be extended generally to the honourable the just and all other important principles which have to do with virtue and vice he will insist on their actions conforming to the copy which the law gives them and that he who will not submit to the established religion shall die or suffer stripes and bonds or privation of citizenship or in some cases be punished by loss of property and exile should he not rather when he is making laws for men at the same time infuse the spirit of persuasion into his words in order to mitigate the severity of them as far as he can cleinias why stranger if such persuasion be at all possible then a legislator who has anything in him ought never to weary of persuading men he ought to leave nothing unsaid in support of the ancient opinion that there are gods and of all those other truths which you were just now mentioning he ought to support the law and also art and acknowledge that both alike exist by nature or by that which is not inferior to nature if they are the creations of mind in accordance with right reason as you appear to me to maintain and i am disposed to agree with you in thinking athenian stranger yes my enthusiastic cleinias but are not these things when spoken to a multitude hard to be understood not to mention that they take up a dismal length of time cleinias why stranger shall we whose patience failed not when drinking or music were the themes of discourse weary now of discoursing about the gods and about divine things and the greatest help to rational legislation is that laws when once written down are always at rest they can be put to the test at any future time and therefore if on first hearing they seem difficult there is no reason for apprehension about them because any man however dull can understand them if he go over them often nor if they are tedious but useful is there any reason or religion in any man refusing to maintain this argument of ours to the utmost of his power megalos i am of opinion stranger that cleinias is right in saying that athenian stranger yes megalos and we should do as he proposes for if impious discourses were not scattered as i may say throughout the world there would have been no need of the argument in support of the existence of the gods but seeing that they are spread far and wide such arguments are needed and who should come to the rescue of the greatest laws when they are being undermined by bad men but the legislator himself megalos there is no more proper champion of them athenian stranger well then tell me cleinias for i must ask you to be my partner does not he who talks in this way conceive fire and water and earth and air to be the first elements of all things these he calls nature and out of these he supposes the soul to be formed afterwards and this is not a vague suspicion of his 
but he really means and confidently asserts that this is the case cleinias very true athenian stranger then by heaven we have discovered the source of this vain opinion of all those physical investigators and i would have you examine them with the utmost care for their impiety is a very serious matter they not only make a bad and mistaken use of their dialectic but they lead away the minds of others that is my opinion of them cleinias very true but i should like to know in what way this happens athenian stranger i am afraid that the argument might seem singular cleinias do not hesitate stranger i see that you are afraid of such a discussion carrying you out of the limits of legislation but if there be no other way of showing our agreement in the belief of the gods whom the law is now said to approve let us take this way my good sir athenian stranger then i suppose that i must repeat the singular argument of those who manufacture the soul according to their own impious notions they affirm that which is the first cause of the generation and destruction of all things to be not first but last and that which was last to be first and hence they have fallen into error about the true nature of the gods cleinias still i do not understand you athenian stranger nearly all of them my friends seem to be ignorant of the nature and power of the soul especially in what relates to her origin they do not know that she is among the first of bodies and before them all and is the chief author of their changes and transpositions and if this is true and if the soul is older than the body must not the things which are of the soul's kindred be of necessity before those which appertain to the body cleinias certainly athenian stranger then thought and care and mind and art and law will be prior to that which is hard and soft and heavy and light and the great and primitive works and actions will be works of art they will be the first and after them will come nature and works of nature which however is a wrong term to apply to them these will follow and be under the government of art and mind cleinias but why is the word nature wrong athenian stranger because those who use the term mean to say that nature is the first creative power but if the soul turn out to be the prime evil element and not fire or air then in the truest sense and beyond other things the soul may be said to have a natural or creative power and this would be true if you proved that the soul is older than the body but not otherwise cleinias you are quite right athenian stranger shall we then in the next place proceed to consider this point cleinias by all means athenian stranger i fear that we may be quite deceived and 
that the greenness with which we let the argument escape us may ludicrously contrast with the ripeness of our ages who knows but we may be aiming at the greater and fail of attaining the lesser suppose that we three have to pass a rapid river and i being the youngest of the three and experienced in rivers have the duty thrown upon me of making the attempt first by myself leaving you in safety on the bank i am to examine whether the river is passable by older men like yourselves and if such appears to be the case then i will invite you to follow and help you across by my knowledge but if the river is impassable by you then i shall have had all the danger myself does not that seem to be a very fair proposal i mean to say that the argument in prospect is likely to be too violent and indeed almost impassable to men of your dialectical powers and i should be afraid that the stream of questions addressed to you might create in you who are unaccustomed to be questioned giddiness and confusion of mind and hence a feeling of unpleasantness and unsuitableness might arise i think therefore that i had better first ask and answer the questions myself while you listen in safety in that way i can carry on the argument until i have completed the proof that the soul is prior to the body cleinias excellent stranger and i hope that you will do as you propose athenian stranger come then and if we are to call upon the gods let us call upon them now in all seriousness to come to the demonstration of their own existence and so holding fast to the rope we will venture upon the depths of the argument when questions of this sort are asked of me my safest answer would appear to be as follows someone says to me quote, o stranger are all things in rest and nothing in motion or is the exact opposite of this true or are some things in motion and others at rest Close quote. to this i shall reply that some are in motion and others at rest quote, and do not things which move move in place and are not the things which are at rest at rest in place Close quote. certainly quote, and some move in one place and some in more places than one Close quote. you mean to say we shall rejoin that those things which rest on a centre move in the same place like revolving circles which are said not to move Quotes, yes and we observe that in the revolution the motion which carries round the larger and the lesser circle at the same time is proportionally distributed to greater and smaller and is greater and smaller in a certain proportion and this is a source of infinite wonder that the same motion should impart swiftness and slowness in due accord to larger and lesser circles and is a sort of phenomenon seemingly impossible quote, that is very true Close quote. and 
when you speak of bodies moving in many places you seem to me to mean those which move from one place to another and sometimes have one centre of motion and sometimes several in the course of their revolutions and sometimes impinging upon each other they come against bodies which are at rest and are divided by them and meeting other bodies which are coming violently from an opposite direction unite with them and interpenetrate them quote, i admit the truth of this close quote. also when they unite they grow and when they are divided they waste away that is supposing the constitution of each to remain or if that fails then there is a second reason of their dissolution quote, and how are things affected when they are created clearly they are created when the principle of motion receives increase and attains the second dimension and from this arrives at the one which is neighbour to this and after reaching the third becomes perceptible to sense everything which is thus changing and moving is in process of generation and has real existence only when at rest but when passing into another state is destroyed utterly have we not mentioned all the kinds of motion and by the help of number comprehended them under their kinds with the exception my friends of two cleinias which are they athenian stranger just the two my good friends with which our present inquiry is concerned cleinias speak plainer athenian stranger i suppose that our inquiry has reference to the soul cleinias very true athenian stranger let us assume that there is a motion able to move other things but not to move itself that is one kind and there is another kind which can move itself as well as other things working in composition and decomposition by increase and diminution and generation and destruction that is also one of the many kinds of motion cleinias let us suppose that athenian stranger and we will assume that which moves other and is changed by other to be the ninth and that which changes itself and others and has a place in every action and in every passion and is the true principle of change in all that truly is that we shall be inclined to call the tenth cleinias certainly athenian stranger and which of these ten motions ought we to prefer as being the mightiest and most efficient cleinias i must say that the motion which is able to move itself is ten thousand times superior to all the others athenian stranger very good but may i make one or two corrections in what i have been saying cleinias what are they athenian stranger when i spoke of the tenth sort of motion that was not quite correct cleinias what was the error athenian stranger according to the true order the tenth was really the first in generation and power then follows the second which was improperly termed the ninth bias cleinias what do you mean 
athenian stranger i mean this when one thing moves another and that another will there be any primary changing element can there be considering that what changes first will always have been changed by another there cannot and when the self moved changes other and that again other and thus thousands upon tens of thousands of bodies are set in motion must not the beginning of all this motion be the change of the self-moving principle cleinias very true and i quite agree athenian stranger or to put the question in another way if as most of these philosophers have the audacity to affirm all things were at rest in one mass which of the above-mentioned principles of motion would first spring up among them cleinias clearly the self-moving for there could be no change in them arising out of any external cause if there had been no previous change in themselves athenian stranger then we must say that self-motion being the origin and beginning of motion as well among things at rest as among things in motion is the eldest and mightiest principle of change and that which is changed by another and yet moves other is second cleinias that is very true athenian stranger at this stage of the argument let us put a question cleinias what question athenian stranger if i were to see this power existing in any earthy watery or fiery substance simple or compound what should i say that the power is cleinias you mean to ask whether i should call the self-moving power life athenian stranger i do cleinias yes i certainly should athenian stranger and when we see soul in anything must we not do the same must we not admit that this is life cleinias we must athenian stranger and now i beseech you reflect you would admit that we have a threefold knowledge of things cleinias what do you mean athenian stranger i mean that we know the essence and that we know the definition of the essence and the name these are the three and there are two more questions which may be raised about anything cleinias how to athenian stranger sometimes a person may give the name and ask the definition or he may give the definition and ask the name i may illustrate what i mean in this way cleinias how athenian stranger number like other things is capable of being divided into equal parts when thus divided number is termed even and the definition of the term even is number divisible into two equal parts cleinias true athenian stranger i mean to say that when we are asked about the definition and give the name or when we are asked about the name and give the definition in either case we are dividing number in two equal parts and the name and definition of even have the same import cleinias quite true 
athenian stranger and what is the definition of that which is named soul can we conceive of any other than that which has been already given the motion which is self-moved cleinias you mean to say that the essence which is defined as the self-moved is identical with that which we call soul athenian stranger yes and if this is true do we still maintain that there is anything wanting in the proof that the soul is the first origin and moving power of all that is or has been or will be and their contraries when she has been clearly shown to be the source of change and motion in all things cleinias certainly not the soul as being the source of motion has been most satisfactorily shown to be the oldest of all things athenian stranger and is not that motion which takes place in another or by reason of another but never has any self-moving power at all being in truth the change of an inanimate body to be reckoned in the second degree or in any lower degree which you may prefer cleinias very true athenian stranger then we are right and speak the most perfect and absolute truth when we say that the soul is prior to the body and that the body is second and comes afterwards and is born to obey the soul which is the ruler cleinias that is very true end of part one of book ten recording in memory of mitchell edwards